Welcome to the Liberating Mind, Body, and Spirit podcast, where we talk about liberation of mind, body, and spirit, the journey of being human, reconnection to ourselves, spirituality, and the unseen realms. I'm your host, Dr. Christine Miranda, holistic healer, Western-trained psychotherapist, Reiki master, and shamanic lineage descendant. And what matters most to me is helping people reconnect with their true selves and spiritual supports so they can share their gifts with the world and live their purpose. No BS, no bypassing or platitudes, just real talk. Let's go. Hey friends, it's been a while. And quite honestly, it's been difficult to know exactly what to say during this time as the Israeli government continues to enact violence and harm upon the Palestinian people. So I decided to trust my guides and not overthink it and trust that what needed to be shared would come through. So here I am. Something that's been coming up in my sessions with clients is a sense of heaviness, mixed feelings, and confusion in witnessing the genocide of the Palestinian people. I'm sure in even using that particular phrasing that there is a physical or emotional reaction for some. But I want to be clear that I'm not here to debate about sides, perspectives, or opinions. This episode is straightforward in that what I'm wanting to bring attention to is the very real challenge of holding and navigating painful and difficult emotions while living your beliefs in integrity. Beliefs which may differ from those who are closest to you, those in your family, your community, your loved ones, your friends. In other words, how not to bypass the difficult thoughts, feelings, and reality in front of us, even though it might feel easier to do so. My hope is that after listening, you feel more empowered with a glimmer of hope, groundedness, clarity, or, at the very least, a sense that you are not alone. This is us facing our shadow and our collective shadow in real time. And while overwhelming, intense, and difficult, I believe it's possible for us to find a way to move forward one step at a time. Now, before we even go there, I would like to set a few intentions for this episode. In previous episodes, I've talked about kapwa and right relating, and this right now is me attempting to live that practice. I'm setting the intention to continue to honor my truth and values in this process, while honoring the truth and humanity of others, while operating from a place of cultural humility meaning that I know I don't know everything. I cannot speak for the lived experience of other people and other communities. Even with that intention and acknowledgement, I know I will make mistakes and hurt feelings along the way. I just will. I'm human. I'm imperfect. I might say or do something that makes you feel a certain type of way. And I'm setting the intention to honor your humanity 
experience and wholeness while at the same time honoring mine. We're all learning messily through this human experience. And I am committed to showing up with an open heart, with a willingness to learn, and a willingness to do better. And so with that, let's dive in. We find ourselves in difficult times, friends. And I can say that I have found it really challenging to be a human during this time. Having so many thoughts, feelings, reactions to all the suffering and violence occurring. It's felt impossible to know how to navigate through this mess. But that's the reality. There is no guidebook on how to get through it. And none of us can claim to be prepared or know what we're doing when this isn't something we've ever been prepared for. If you're feeling untethered, disoriented, confused, and upset with what is happening in the world, know that you aren't alone. I don't have all the answers, but I do know what has been helpful for me and for my clients during this period. My wish for you is that what I share provides you with some grounding, direction, clarity, and solace, if even just a little bit. There are three things that I myself have attempted to stay rooted in as we have moved through this period of turbulence and upheaval. Holding space for self and community care, cultivating emotional awareness, and practicing sustainable allyship. We've heard a lot about self-care, but community care is something not discussed as much. Community care can look like well, actually, it can look like a lot of different things, but the essence is that the well-being of an individual is connected to the well-being of others. And so support is given and other actions are taken in order to ensure that all are taken care of with the acknowledgement that there are differences and inequities, be it in terms of access, resources, support, etc., among a population. This is what Kapwa is about. I've talked about Kapwa in previous episodes and how it's a core way of relating within my culture, a way of being in right relationship. So I encourage you to check those other episodes out if you're curious. As a Western society prioritizing individualism, the idea of interdependence, relating, and caring for the collective can feel unfamiliar and maybe even uncomfortable. But it's actually something that we're naturally wired for. As human beings wired for connection, we are meant to be and live in community. It was only with colonization and imperialism did that paradigm begin to shift. I've found that the conversation about self-care ranges from encouragement of the practice, framing it as something that is healthy and supports well-being, to that of it being criticized, at times being painted as selfish, self-indulgent, and a privilege. If we conceptualize it, though, from a collectivist or right-related perspective, community care is something that makes sense as an inherent part of self-care. 
it's not a choice between caring for me or the other. The choice is caring for myself and the other because we are human kin. We are part of the same world. So for example, if we are operating from a place of seeing ourselves as part of an ecosystem, I do what is needed to care for myself so I can grow. And I look to support others as well so that we can all live and grow. We all benefit. In community care, the notion of I, myself, is interconnected to we as in us, you and me. It's not an either or, but a both and. Easier said than done, right? We can yearn for community and take action, which in itself is an act of community care. But at the same time, we can also feel overwhelmed with feelings related to the violence and overwhelmed by the stances of those around us, which can lead to conflicts, immobilization, and or withdrawal. So basically, fight, flight, freeze. This is where the self-care piece can feel really sticky. But let me reassure you that those thoughts and feelings are human and make sense. And it's important to take care of your nervous system throughout all of this. A dysregulated nervous system fuels greater dysregulation if left unchecked. So you need to be intentional. We need to slow down and be intentional with our words, our actions, our relations, and with self and community care. Community care can look like plugging into and being in community or connection with others and being there for one another in different ways, which can be nourishing for each individual. It's in the facing, returning towards the painful feelings and the challenges. Can we get to the other side of them? Avoidance only severs us from the potential of finding clarity, healing, and resolution. Cultivating emotional awareness is integral to this practice. It's about intentional observation, awareness, vulnerability, and honesty of where you're at emotionally. And quite frankly, that's something that can vary day to day, even moment to moment. And simply just honoring that. Too often we try to perform, to be productive and push through. Now is not the time for that. So let me offer you another way of thinking about it. And just imagine. Imagine if you were to think of your system as a cup that has a specific capacity, let's say 10 ounces. When your cup is full, you have a lot to give. And when your cup is low or empty, you have less or none to give. Our human bodies have an emotional and energetic bandwidth that functions similarly. Sometimes emotionally and energetically, you have a lot to give. And on some days you don't. And again, this can be something that varies from day to day, moment by moment. 
depending on context and stressors. A really hard day can completely deplete your resources. And when you're in that place, it's about trying to restore those reserves again. Days when we have low emotional and energetic bandwidth, there's limited capacity, honestly, for anything else. If that was where I was at, and if someone were to approach me wanting to engage and discuss current events, I likely wouldn't be open to it. Because my capacity is so low that I'm just trying to do the bare minimum to get through. So this is, this is the nuance. What if in our understanding of emotional awareness, we considered our emotional and energetic capacity as well as the other person's? Assuming, of course, that all parties are actually wanting to be in right relationship with one another. And so maybe we can even take a moment now to see. Check in, turn your attention inwards and see. Do you have a full cup? Do those around you have one too? Well, if that's the case, then there could be generative connections there. Do you have a full cup and you notice that others have an almost empty one? Well, you may have the reserves to be energetically and emotionally available and wanting to give or connect, but it doesn't mean that they are. With limited energetic and emotional availability, they might not be in a place to receive anything that you have to share or give them, depending on what it is. Is it the case that you have nothing to give? And the other person has more. Well, maybe let that person know where you're at so as to manage expectations about energetic and emotional availability. As part of self-care and community care, it's important to be clear about what you can offer and what your bandwidth is. The reality of being human is that there are ebbs and flows in how much energy we have to expend. In these especially troubling and difficult times, you might feel like you've been on high alert, on edge, hypervigilant, or perhaps so consumed by listening to the media, taking action, and problem solving that you find yourself burning out real fast. This is going to be a marathon, not a sprint. And so think of it this way, almost like a relay race. In it, you don't have to do it all. You can tag someone else then, rest when you need to, and when you're ready for the next leg, you can take the baton. If you allow yourself to rest, you can recharge and be more available to serve your community, which can give someone else a chance to rest so the movement can continue onwards. Maybe you get someone a meal because they forgot to eat that day. Maybe you give somebody a hug or simply send them a text to let them know that you're thinking of them. Maybe you sit with someone and sit and say and do nothing. 
but simply just keep them company. What if someone did that for you? How meaningful that would be. It's in these small moments of intentionality, of kindness, that will sustain and nourish us and our relations. We need to keep filling our cups to keep momentum going. So please give yourself permission to rest and keep going. One thing that may be contributing to the stress and depletion, and this is related to emotional awareness, are the difficult and charged conversations happening with those in our social sphere. I know that for many people, when engaging with their loved ones or acquaintances, the conversations have become fraught and reactions are mixed. And that can really hurt. But the reality is that many people emotionally are operating from an empty cup. When there is grief, anger, and trauma taking over the nervous system, there's not space for anything else. It's inevitable as people share and stand for what they believe in that feelings will get hurt. There will be moments of feeling misunderstood and misunderstanding others. And toes will get stepped on, even if we have the best of intentions, even though we try to be mindful of others. We are all human and imperfect. It would be impossible to preserve the feelings of everyone around you without sacrificing your own convictions and diminishing your voice. Standing in integrity isn't an easy or simple process. Being popular and standing in integrity rarely overlap. This is true even in less stressful times. There was this amazing quote by Adrienne Marie Brown from her poem titled, The Border is the Wound. She wrote, I will not let my heart shrink to the size of my oppressors. I will stay soft. Isn't that powerful? I will not let my heart shrink to the size of my oppressors. I will stay soft. Let us not become that which we are fighting. I truly do believe that most people hold goodness within them and aren't looking to cause hurt or harm. And it can be the case that standing in your integrity can feel hurtful to someone else. Honoring the truth of that, honoring your truth, because that is the only truth that you can know, and honoring the truth of another as it is their truth and experience only they can know. Everyone is on their own journey. One of the most meaningful skills I've learned as a human, which I didn't learn in school but through life, is to be able to acknowledge and honor the feelings that are present, mine and someone else's, and the emotions that feel palpable, and I know that many are holding, are that of sadness, pain, All of that as part of grief and trauma, personal, collective, intergenerational, and ancestral. All those feelings make sense. 
grief, sadness, fear, anger, all of it. The feelings you have are always there for a reason. This is where we have to hold steady and resist the urge to bypass, to turn away from our shadow and opt out. For healing to happen, our grief, trauma, and emotions, and the grief, trauma, and emotions of others need to be acknowledged, witnessed, and affirmed. With the gravity of the current situation, we cannot look away because there's too much at stake. So the invitation, the practice, and the challenge is to meet all those who are dealing with suffering, fear, trauma, and grief, yourself included, to meet them with sensitivity, without agenda, without rushing or pressuring them to get over it. It's in honoring where people are at and in holding space can people feel seen and connection and right relating occur. We need to expand our capacities, shore up our resilience, our supports, and sources of love and solidarity now more than ever. It's our words, actions, and behaviors that make or break our connections. And as we think about right relating and honoring ourselves and standing for our values, we must be careful not to center ourselves too much. What do I mean by that? I mean, yes, absolutely honor your truth in your body, as well as the truth and the humanity of another. While at the same time, returning to the question of how you can effectively and sustainably be an ally. For someone whose voice has long been suppressed and silenced, one of the most meaningful things we can do is simply listen and truly hear them. We must keep listening to the marginalized people we are advocating for and act in a way that gives them the support they need. This is where we can leverage our own privilege, access, and resources. Use your freedoms to take action, amplifying what they need to be amplified. This is what allyship can look like and what so many of you are already doing. Don't lose track of what we're doing here. Don't lose track of connection. This is how we get to the other side, by walking each other home and taking it step by step. One last thing I'll say, as we navigate these difficulties, try to look for moments of lightness. It seems we're always faced with paradox, contradictions, and dualities, but I think in these dark, heavy times, it's important to intentionally tap into what's good, what's working, what you appreciate in your life, and the blessings that are there. We're wired to look for the bad, so this might require some effort. But there are still things to celebrate. There are still things to be happy about. Maybe it's a sunny day. Maybe you receive a message from someone that you miss. 
Maybe you graduated school or survived an illness or found a pet companion. Maybe you're eating your favorite meal or perhaps finally seeing a place you've always dreamed of going to. There is still goodness and beauty in the world, even though it can feel like the world is on fire right now. But isn't that all a part of being human? Learning to navigate all of it, actually, the good, bad, and the in-between. It's in remembering what is good, though, that will get us through. And so I'll close with this wish. May we all know goodness, liberation, and peace. May our supportive powers, or that greater goodness from which you source your power from, be with us to guide us now to interconnection and liberation for all. Sending you all so much love. Thanks for joining me today, friends. I hope this conversation about community care, allyship, and emotional tending helped to support you today. To catch the latest from me, you can head over to christinemiranda.com to sign up to my email list, or you can follow me on my new Instagram account at dr.christinemiranda. Link and resources are in the show notes. That's all for this episode. Sending you all so much warmth and appreciation. Stay tuned for more conversations about liberating mind, body, and spirit. Here's to our collective healing and liberation. I'll see you next time.